You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode 79. I'm not losing weight. And yes, I did totally start off in my ultra dramatic announcer voice again, as I so often do. You know, I really like having the title of the episode in the intro because I think that it's helpful for you to know what we're going to talk about just in case you randomly click on things. But I have to tell you, I laugh every single time I sit down to record a podcast because I cannot stop myself from sounding dramatic. I've told you before, right? That I wanted to be an actress. Like that was my big, that was my big life's goal when I was a kid. When I was in seventh grade, I was quite determined that I was either going to be an actress or a lawyer. <laughs> and you see how that worked out for me, <laughs> you guys. Welcome to the Fitness Matters podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And I know 100%, no doubt in my mind, that this week, this topic, matters to you, unless of course you're not trying to lose weight at all. In which case, hey, thank you for listening because you're still going to learn something. Like here's the thing about any topic that we have. And I sometimes think this when I choose not to listen to podcasts or when I do choose to listen to a podcast and I think to myself something like, well, I mean, I've got 20 minutes to kill. This isn't going to help me, but whatever. And then I walk away with like the biggest aha moment. Sometimes if you are not emotionally invested in the topic, it's really, really helpful because you can hear it in a different way and make connections in your brain that maybe if you were deep in it, you would have a hard time making You guys, we're talking about the statement, I'm not losing weight. And this one is so fascinating to me, mostly because I read it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say dozens, like plural dozens of times a day from different comments, mostly on Facebook in the Killer Beehive, which is my private and incredibly supportive and very interactive and getting larger every day Facebook group where it's totally free. Um, It's, you know, come on over, hang out and talk about how you're not losing weight, (laughs) except don't because that sentence, that sentence is problematic, my friends. And here's the thing. I know for a fact that when you are reporting the news to me, when you are making a post, if it's not in the killer beehive, then it's somewhere talking to your friends, making a comment on one of my videos, wherever, wherever, even if it's just only in your own head, when you say that sentence, I'm not losing weight. I want you to know how problematic it is and why it's problematic. And let's start with this. Let's start with why you think it's true. And you notice how I phrased that. You think it's true because you think that when you step on the scale and it says the exact same number, let's say that it said last week, you think that you are saying something factual. And I find this so interesting, mostly because of the work that I do with my thoughts. I I notice on the daily how many thoughts my brain offers me as a fact that are actually opinions. 
And we're gonna get to we're gonna we're gonna get to the factual part of it in just a minute, but here's what I want you to understand. When you say I'm not losing weight, you think that you're telling the truth and you think you're being honest with yourself. Like, you know, I just I have to tell myself the truth. If I tell myself I'm losing weight and I'm clearly not, then that's just being unreasonable. That's lying to myself. That can't possibly be helpful to me. And I think that this is such an interesting tack to take. Because we have this this thing where we think we need to tell ourselves the truth all the time, and yet we don't tell ourselves the truth all the time about almost anything. Honestly, almost anything. We very, very, very frequently tell ourselves opinions. In fact, I'm, I've never actually come up with like an exact numerical response to this, but I'm going to say 90% or more of what we tell ourselves is actually opinions. There are very few true facts in the world. And we don't tend to recognize them when they present themselves to us. We, because this is how your brain is work, how your brain works. And, and let me be really clear about that. Your brain, the, the upper part of your brain where you hear your thoughts, your prefrontal cortex, it literally evolved to help us categorize and interpret information. Like that's its job. And even though your brain is a billion times more powerful than the most powerful supercomputer on earth. Your brain literally creates your reality, which is amazing. But also it's kind of notoriously bad at interpreting information. (laughs) Like, like it doesn't, it, it doesn't have the the actual body of knowledge like a supercomputer would have in order to interpret what it is seeing and what it is hearing and what is going on. Your brain has the limited function of only having your past experience or experiences that you have had, even if it's not your personal past experience, but like things that you've seen on TV, things that your friends have talked about, things that you've read in magazines, things that your parents talked about, things that other people you know, or, or the internet tells you. Like your brain is, is limited in its scope by the information that you have taken in previously. So when your brain is interpreting things, it's interpreting everything through the lens of your personal past experiences. And depending on how old you are, you might have very few, frankly. I mean, this is, this is the lovely thing that comes with age. I'm just going to assume that you are approximately my age. So you've had a fair few experiences now, which is awesome. But even the experiences that you have already had aren't objective. When you are drawing inferences and interpreting information on your past experiences, those past experiences were drawing on other past experiences and it goes all the way back. So in some ways, in some ways, the way that you are interpreting something might be the way that you have been interpreting it since you were very young and had very few critical thinking skills. Sometimes, you think something that isn't true, that isn't factual. And in this case, really specifically, it isn't helpful at all. Here's the point that I want to make about whether or not this is true. And this is something that 
that might be helpful to you because sometimes when I get something in my head and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really willing to arm wrestle you over this being a fact. <laughs> somewhat recently, somewhat recently, I really started dealing with this thought that I have that there's too much to do. And there's too much to do. I mean, on the one hand, not factual, but it felt very true. It felt very real. It was also wildly unhelpful because every time I told myself there was too much to do, I ended up doing even less because, because I thought there was so much to do that I therefore got overwhelmed and would sit around and procrastinate and not be able to make decisions. And my actions were all over the map. And therefore I created for myself, by the way, because this is what your brain does. It creates your reality. I created for myself a situation in which there was always too much to do because I wasn't getting anything done. When I believed that thought, there's too much to do. I, I got some coaching on it from, from a person through the place where I got certified as a life coach. They offer coaching also. And so I got some coaching on it and I was really, 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 really willing to, to commit to this thought that there's too much to do, that I am always busy. It was such a pervasive, believable thought to me. And it sounded true. Like I could make you a list. I could show you that I had more things to do that would take more time than I had time available to me. Like it was, it was math in my head. Like there was, this was completely objective that I had too much to do. It was, it was unfathomable to me that it could not be true. And it was not the coach who actually pointed this out to me, but I was thinking in my own mind about, well, honestly, okay, here's, here's the real story. <laughs> this is silly. So just bear with me. I saw a meme on Facebook <laughs> that was really funny to me. It's just a joke, but you know, it was in meme form where I, it says this, okay. It says, I walked into the library and I asked the librarian if they had any books on Pavlov's dogs or Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> and the librarian said, that rings a bell, but I don't know if we have it or not. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. And yet in that moment, I realized I realized because here's, I don't know if you know Schrodinger's cat. Let me just explain that super, super briefly. It's not related, but it's something that I do like to think about sometimes about the truth of a matter, whether or not something is true the way that we understand it to be true. Schrodinger's cat, it's a thought model or a thought uh, puzzle. Uh, Schrodinger was a physicist, I think. Um, wow, I really should have fact-checked this. Anyways, he, he had this thought model that he created where he was talking about how if you put a cat in a box and you also, in that same box, put a device that in one hour had a 50% chance of either killing the cat or not killing the cat, that until the moment of opening the box, like in that moment of opening the box, the cat was equally likely, and not because of like statistics, but equally likely because of how you interpret information to be both alive and dead. Like essentially until the moment of opening the box, the cat is half alive and half dead because of the way that we 
understand and interpret things. And I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but here's, here's how this joke helped me understand what I was saying to myself, that what I was saying is both true and untrue at the same time. And this is exceptionally helpful with the, I'm not losing weight even more so than me, the I have too much to do thing. When you tell yourself, I'm not losing weight, you are saying that in present tense, and that's how your brain interprets it. And super quickly, I'm going to refer you to the episode goal language, where we talk about the difference in tenses and how your brain interprets past tense, future tense, and present tense as to how it will create your reality. When you say, I am, it's an incredibly powerful statement to your brain. Your brain goes out of its way to create that reality for you. So when you say, I am not losing weight, you actually can't know that. Like in any real sense, when you stepped on the scale this morning, however long ago that was, literally the moment you got off the scale that information might or might not be correct anymore. It's Schrodinger's cat. Unless you are currently standing on a scale, you don't know what you weigh. And the thing about that is that it's really important to understand what we tell ourselves as facts. When you tell yourself, I'm not losing weight or any other I am statement, you are describing something that is happening right now in this moment. And truly what is happening in this moment is only happening in this moment. The words that I just said, they're not happening anymore. They're happening in the past tense. They happened. You listening to new words, and I say this nicely, you can't know for sure what I just said because you're listening to what I'm saying right now. I know we're getting a little bit, we're getting a little bit deep today, a little bit mind blowy. When our brain offers us something as a truth, it's really important to do a couple of different things. Number one, to be really, really curious about whether or not what it's offering you as the truth is actually a truth. In this case, really specifically, I'm not losing weight. I've just told you it's not true. You can't possibly know unless you are standing on a scale right this second. And even then, you don't know what your body is doing Overall, you know what you weigh right now. The only truth you can actually know is what you weigh when you stand on the scale as you're standing on the scale. You, like Schrodinger's cat, might be gaining weight. You might be losing weight. You might be staying the same. You don't know. And when you offer yourself that thought, it opens up your mind to being curious. Now we have talked about this also, 
in fact, I don't remember what number it was, but the episode where we talked about the best feeling, the best feeling in the world, my friends, is curiosity. So let's get curious about what I'm not losing weight is creating for you. When you tell yourself that and you believe it to be true, when you step on the scale and the fact of the matter is that last week's weight, for example, totally making up these numbers, totally making up this scenario, but let's just say last week's weight was 170.2 pounds and today's weight was 170.2 pounds. Now the fact is that you weighed yourself twice and both numbers were the same and there was seven days in between them. What your brain, your big, beautiful, powerful, amazing brain who is notoriously bad at interpreting information (laughs) offered you was I'm not losing weight. Your brain took a number and another number and a distance of time between them and interpreted those numbers into the sentence, I'm not losing weight. Now here's the thing, that thought, as you know, because all of your thoughts create feelings. That thought, that one thought created one feeling. And depending on you personally, on your experiences, on on your interpretation, of those numbers, you might feel, I made a list. What I feel when I think I'm not losing weight, I feel defeated. That's the first word that comes to my mind. I tend to be the sort of person who aims for sad feelings before angry feelings. That's, that's me interpreting things based on my experiences in life. But I know lots of people might immediately go to something more in the angry zone. So you might feel defeated, frustrated, angry, desolate, sad, distressed, annoyed, disappointed, or any other, any other something in that genre. And yes, I did actually go to thesaurus.com and looked up some words in the same vein as both defeated and angry. Actually sad and angry, because those were the two, those were the two like broad categories of feeling that I thought were especially related to the statement of I'm not losing weight. And my friends, here's what happens when we have a thought that creates our feelings. That feeling drives your actions. And I want to clarify here really quickly that very, very frequently, very frequently, and this is why this this following through the thread thing can feel very difficult when you first start doing it. We have more than one thought. When you step on the scale and you have the thought, I'm not losing weight, you also probably think something like, well, Mo, it's okay. Or I had something, you know, heavy for dinner last night. Or you think lots of thoughts. Each individual thought brings you an individual feeling. Lots of them might be in the same vein. Lots of them might be in those categories of sad or angry, but some of them, some other thought that you're trying to replace the thought with, for example, like, it's okay, I'm going to keep going, will give you a different kind of feeling. So when you are examining your thought, feeling, action, and results. It's really important to notice the actions that come directly from the one specific feeling that came from the one specific thought. In this case, what's very likely to happen for me personally when I feel defeated 
I do almost nothing. Defeated to me is a very sit on the couch kind of emotion. Defeated for me is a very give up and just not think about it anymore or not follow through very well or not pay careful attention to the tasks that I want to do. For me, defeated absolutely leads me to rumination. I'll go over and over and over again in my mind and beat myself up. Like, what did I do wrong? Oh, this is what I did wrong. Oh, I always do that wrong. It also can really lead me to questioning myself. It's part of beating myself up. Frequently, when I start feeling down about something, I'll you know go over the, I'm so stupid, of course, always first thing that pops in my head, I'm so stupid. But then also things like, well, you know, you've, you've always quit everything before. You'll probably quit this too. You know, you're not very good at following through. That kind of vein of thought, very common when I feel defeated. Other actions that are related, but maybe a little bit trickier to notice that they come from defeated are things like, really specifically in the case of weight loss, things like either over or under eating, not eating to your task, to your calorie target, Things like over or under exercising, not you know doing your moderate workout, things like not drinking enough water, not paying attention to your bedtime, kind of going through the motions but not doing them the way you know they need to be done, to me is absolutely the something that comes from defeated. Now, again, depending on the, the feeling that arises for you from the sentence, I'm not losing weight, if your feeling is something more in the angry area, you might have a different list of actions that you do from your anger or frustration. Probably, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, for me, anger always leads to quitting. <laughs> Defeated and sad leads to me kind of moving forward, kind of doing a little something, sort of giving it my, my half-hearted best. But anger, anger's a quitter. Anger is a door slamming, walk away, I don't want to think about this anymore, totally different list of actions. So I do, I do really um, suggest that you really take a look at the things that you are doing from your specific feeling. But here's what I know is going to happen because, because I know how this works. The result that you are getting from your actions, because this is how our brains work, when you have a thought, your brain creates both the evidence that it's true and creates the truth of it for you. Whatever you're doing, either quitting and walking away or kind of half-heartedly doing things, you are not losing weight. And you will create the evidence for that by constantly seeing everywhere you go corroboration of this thought. You will continue to notice, even, even if the scale does go down a little bit, if you're thinking, I'm not losing weight, you'll see that as not losing weight. And your actions will create for you a situation in which it's virtually impossible to lose weight because you're not doing the tasks that you need to be doing. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing when we notice that we're having an unhelpful thought, like I'm not losing weight. And I want you to be really clear on this. Like, I think I've pointed out to you that it's not true 
and also that it's not helpful. I mean, in case that wasn't clear, let me state that really baldly to you right now. The thought, I'm not losing weight, is not true because you can't know it to be true because of quantum physics, which is <laughs> well beyond me. But but the, the understanding that unless you are sitting on a scale right this second, you don't know. And even if you are sitting on a scale right this second, you still don't really know, but that's, okay, quantum physics. It's not a true statement, it's not a factual statement, and it's really, really not helpful. Because your brain's job is to find evidence that what it thinks is right. We love to agree with ourselves. I've told you this numerous times. I don't even have a specific episode where we talk about this, so let me just tell you again that one of the things that your brain does in order to interpret... Here, let me explain this a little bit. Go back a little bit farther away and explain why your brain does this. You guys, we have so many inputs. Like, at any given time, right this second, right this very second, I am sitting at my desk in front of my computer, which I have just recently upgraded to a dual monitor system because my son got a nicer monitor, so he gave me his old one. So I have two monitors. So that on one screen, I can have, like, really specifically, I do this when I'm when I'm looking at like thumbnails and trying to decide between two different graphics and things like that. So I have two screens. On both of those screens, I have several tabs open on my internet browser and other items open, including on the one screen, for some reason, I can always see a little bit of my desktop background. And my desktop background is my my vision board for the year 2021. So I've got like pictures of things that I wanna do and things that I have now already done, which is very exciting, stuff like that. Also in front of me, I have, can I count? One, two, three, four, five, six post-it notes with different information on them, things that I wanna remember, passwords. that I hope never show up in the background of one of my videos. Um, Different, yeah, lots of just different information. I have one, two, three, four, five notebooks with different information and things that I want to remember. One calendar, wow, only one calendar? The other one must be somewhere else, but one calendar. Oh, I have six notebooks because I actually have my journal sitting next to me as well. Um, Actually, seven notebooks because I have, again, with the passwords, I have my password notebook sitting next to me because I was just trying to open up a, a website earlier. I also have, in addition to my vision board on my computer, I have my handwritten goal sheet that has 2021, go on 30 adventures, write a book, 500,000 subscribers, and my wouldn't it be nice list of other things that would be really cool if they happened this year. I have so many inputs. Also, I have a cat on my lap. I have the computer, obviously, running. I have a fan on in the room. I've got the refrigerator in the other room. I've got various noise from all of my neighbors who are all doing yard work today, apparently. And somebody, somebody is running some kind of a drill, which I don't think you can hear because it's really far away. I've got the next door neighbor's dog not barking right this second, thank goodness, but it barks pretty frequently. Sometimes Blossom will get involved in that too. Thankfully, she's not right now. You guys, we are inundated. Inundated. And then those are the only things that I even notice while I'm just trying to explain this to you. We are inundated with millions of inputs basically every second of every day. And this was true even when we were cave people. Obviously, in this today's modern world, we have even more going on. But even way back in the day, your brain, your upper brain, was evolved to interpret and assess all kinds 
kinds of input. It's doing it all the time. And thankfully, your brain can ignore things like until I'm listening for the refrigerator or until it makes a really loud clunk because it's got, you know, the ice maker going. I don't notice the refrigerator, thank goodness. But that's what your brain does. Your brain filters out things that it doesn't want to be paying attention to right now. And it does that with information and ideas that it doesn't agree with. In order for your brain to process anything, it has to categorize things and make decisions. Your brain is constantly making decisions. Like every minute of every day, it's making decisions that you don't really hear. It's deciding whether or not it's going to listen to the refrigerator. It's deciding whether or not you are losing weight or not. And it wants to agree with itself so that it can filter out things that don't agree. There's a much bigger conversation to be had here about how that how that actually plays out in our lives in the daily basis on like the things that we disagree with our neighbors and family about. But but really specifically, let me just tell you that your brain agrees with itself about the things that you think. It takes a lot of energy and effort to disagree with yourself. It's why it feels so amazing when you have an epiphany, when you're like, oh my gosh, do you mean when I'm telling myself that I'm not losing weight, that that's not true? Like, didn't that kind of blow your mind? Yeah, it's a new thought. That's what a new thought feels like. A new thought feels exciting and different and kind of bizarre and a little bit foreign. And your brain is automatically going to start fact-checking it. And I say fact-checking like it's checking through facts. It's going to start interpreting whether or not it wants to believe that new thought. If that new thought feels reasonably pleasurable, your brain will give it some space. If the brain thinks that that new thought is threatening or harmful or problematic in any way, which by the way is also your brain's job to warn you off of any new thoughts because it could be dangerous, then your brain will disregard it. It's why it's so easy to believe the things that we've been telling ourselves. I'm not losing weight really easy to believe. There are all kinds of things going on in your brain that make it very difficult to believe something else. I'm going to encourage you though to believe something else. And here's here's where we go with this because I know that you're asking me, okay, Paula, what's a fact that I can believe or what's another thought that I can replace? I'm not losing weight with because right now it feels very believable. So what can I tell myself instead? This is actually why I brought up the Schrodinger's cat thing, honestly, because if you tell yourself, I am losing weight, it's not going to sound very believable right now, even though there is the equal, the equal chance that you either are or are not, and you don't know, you've got so much practice that I'm not losing weight, that I am losing weight isn't going to sound believable enough to be helpful. This is the point in the podcast where I'm going to refer you to episode, what is it? I have it here in my notes. Oh, episode 40, Stop Thinking Positively. I love this episode and I think that I think that it was under-listened, <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm really going to encourage you to go listen to that one because there's a really important point to be made here. When you simply try to shove away a thought that isn't helpful and, in this case, isn't true, you're not actually 
replacing it. You're not actually shoving it away. All you're doing is making it so that you don't hear it anymore. That thought is still creating results in your life. That thought is still driving feeling or creating feelings, driving actions, and giving you results in your life, whether you hear it or not. So what we're going to do, we're going to go back and listen to last week's episode again. (laughs) We're going to go back and listen to episode 78, where we talked about how important it is to simply notice and observe your thought. Right now, this thought is so believable to you. This thought, I'm not losing weight, sounds like you are reading me the news. It sounds like you are telling me something that you would like to arm wrestle me about because it is so true. Of course it's true. Paula, I weighed myself last week. I weighed myself this week. They're the same number. I'm not losing weight. And you know what? I am too busy and there's too much to do. Except that that wasn't true. And neither is your statement. Notice that it is a thought. It is a thought. And that's all I'm going to leave you with because here's the thing, my friends, I could tell you, I could tell you here are some factual things to think. Here is some, something really pretty and really nice that you could tell yourself and maybe convince yourself if you practice it enough. But the most crucial thing that you can do right now is notice that it is a thought and it is not a fact. And then, because this is the best feeling in the world, you can get curious about what you might think instead. You knew I was going to tie all these together, right? Did you know that? I love it when I do that. I love it when I put a nice big bow on everything that I have talked about, because here's the thing. When you get curious, it will give you a little bit of a crowbar under that thought. It feels so true. It feels so entrenched. It feels so real. It feels so rooted. I'm pounding my fist in case you can hear that. I'm really getting worked up about this. It feels feels like it is just part of your brain when you think a thought like that. But when you can get curious and even ask yourself, Am I losing weight? Am I not losing weight? Do I even know? How could I know? When you ask yourself questions instead of making a statement, an I am statement that feels believable and true and rooted in your brain, ask yourself a question and notice that this is a thought. I would love to know what you come up with for yourself. What what can you think instead? What do you think is happening right now with your weight? You know I want to know. Share it with me. Share it with me. Hey, share it with me in in any way you can. I mean, you know where I am on social media. I'm on Facebook. I've already told you that. (laughs) I'm also on YouTube. You probably know that. And I mean, if you want to... You could leave a review that tells me something about what you have discovered about yourself from this episode. I love hearing from you because I love to know how this podcast is helping you. Always, always my intention to help you, my friends. I hope this one was helpful. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.
So are you totally loving this mindset work and you really want to do it like, you know, every day in order to get your goal? Then my friend, you need to join the Get Your Goal group. It is my personal and private, very interactive coaching and accountability group where every day we talk about your mindset and we get your goal. You can learn all about it at paulabfitness.com slash get dash your dash goal. I'll see you in the goal group.